Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. She spent time in a remote village in the Philippines, climbed Mount Kilimanjaro, and wrangled on a dude ranch. But our guest this morning started a different kind of adventure when she left her career with Delta Hotels to open Spark for Life Coaching in 2012, then co-founded the Relationship Coaches seven years later. Lisa Jones is a certified professional co-active coach, and she's here to fill us in on how she helps people find their mojo in relationships and in life. Good morning, Lisa. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me here today. Of course. Good morning, David. Good morning, Tara. Thanks for having me too. Good morning, Lisa. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing great, thanks. Nice to see you. Um, Kilimanjaro. Kilimanjaro. Before we talk about your business. Yes. Um, what, what motivated you to climb Kilimanjaro? That's part, part one of the question. <laughs> part two is what kind of prep you had to do. And I think for me, the most important part of the question I have is, what did you feel when you got to the peak? Oh, I love those questions. So the motivation was I'd always wanted to go to Africa and go on a safari. And it just seemed like if you're going all that way to see the animals, you might as well do a personal challenge along the way. I was never a mountain climber, but I did get in shape naturally because I was running a guest ranch at the time. So as you can imagine, from early morning till, till I went to bed, I was running around on my feet, riding horses, uh, chucking saddles around, doing all the things. So I was quite physically fit. When it comes to elevation, though, it really has nothing to do with your physical fitness, whether you're going to get elevation sickness or not. Mm. And um, on the summit day, I actually... Um, got pretty severe elevation sickness. But if you know me, then you know that I'm quite a determined person. <laughs> so I was not going to give up. And so um, one of the things that they teach you when you're hiking Kilimanjaro is a term that's just really simple. It's pole pole, which basically just means slowly, slowly. And so that is how I summited in the freezing cold in the dark on the last um, morning to get to the top um, I was physically ill, violently ill, but I just kept thinking, one more step, pole pole, eventually I'll get to the top, and I did. How did I feel when I got up there? Um, I wish I could tell you, David, that I felt like amazing, and I screamed from the top of my lungs, I did it, but I felt like a shell of a human, and I couldn't wait to get back down. <laughs> like, okay, did it. Do, yeah, they, do, they have, the do they have videos of you puking there and trying to <laughs> right? cry? I know. We sh they should have. That would be that would be more like epic, really, the true story. Yeah. Did you but, go on your own, or were, were you with a group of people? Or uh, yeah, we were with we were with a group of people and um my husband at the time okay. yeah and um his his stepmother as well but yeah and then a group yeah so from Kilimanjaro what do you take to your business from your climb or to the Kilimanjaro what do you take to your business oh I love that oh, good one David I would Thank say you, honey <laughs> <laughs> love that the determination to not give up when things get tough I would say is a direct um, thing that I've taken from there into my business because, as you know, I'm sure starting a business from scratch um, is not an easy endeavor. And there are a lot of road bumps along the way. 
And it would be easy to give up and throw in the towel and say, well, I love coaching. I'm just going to go work for somebody else and have them hand me the clients. But um, I've been pretty passionate about paving my own way and um, seeing if I can make a difference in people's lives and their relationships. So what was the catalyst for you? You were working at the Delta Hotels and then you moved from there to starting your own coaching uh, uh, you must have had to take the training. Yeah. Were you training while you were uh, still working at the ho- for the hotels? Or did you just say, that's it, I'm done, and I'm going to start training and then start your business? So everything I've done in life has always been to do with people. I absolutely mm. love people, and I'm obsessed with relationships and always have been. So I would say that, um, you know, I was doing some training and some facilitating and working with people at Delta, but it wasn't really fulfilling me in the same way that, for example, running the guest ranch had fulfilled me. And so I was, mm. I was searching. And after I had my second child, the cost of, you know, putting both kids in childcare, I just kind of thought, okay, I need to find a way to be able to like work from home, but also create something on my own. And, um, at that time, my girlfriend, actually, who I started the relationship coaches with, she dragged me off to a retreat. She's she's like a yes girl, right? She sees things and says, yes, we're going to do this. So I <laughs> left my you know young kids with um, my husband, and we went off to the mountains at, and went to a retreat run by a life coach. And the whole weekend, I was like, this is a job, a career <laughs> that exists, and I could do this. I mean, I meant to do this. I just didn't even know that it existed. It was like the stars aligned, and and I just knew right then and there. Like, I, I couldn't actually wait for the weekend to end so that I could come back and, like, do my Google searches and find out the best coaching schools and get started right away. That just, was the aha mm-hmm. moment? Yeah, that was that the aha. That you describe as, I knew I was home? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And how does it feel being home? Oh, it feels so good. It feels like such a... A luxury and a privilege, to be honest. Like I just, I, I get off a call with a couple or with a client and I'm like, I'm giddy. I like can feel the energy vibrating in me. And that's what, when, when I know that I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing. So what's the difference between coaching, what you do and therapy? Ooh, great question. So I have this analogy that helps explain that. So when I think of therapy, I think of like you're getting in the car and you're looking in the rear view mirror and you're going, what happened in my past? What roads have I traveled to get to where I am today? And what, you know, what's kind of maybe trauma or things did I run into in the past that have influenced who I am today? And let's take a deeper dive into that to try and get some answers time and place for that. Absolutely. Like I fully believe in therapy. Coaching is quite different. Imagine that you're driving along and you pull over and you pick me up as your coach and I get in and I'm riding shotgun and I go, Tara, nice to meet you where you're at right here, right now in your life. And then let's look out the windshield and see what is on the road ahead. Where are you going? What is your destination? And how do you want to get there? Wow. Yeah. I love that yeah, analogy. Yeah. Very interesting. How do, you do, how, would you, how do you do with an accident when it happens? <laughs> oh, I love accidents. <laughs> I, accidents are my favorite because that's where the, the biggest learning is, right? So when we, you know, when we come across a roadblock in coaching, I mean, that's just an opportunity 
for someone to learn something about themselves or to learn a new way of doing mm-hmm. something, to create a new neural pathway so that they don't keep taking that same road over and over. You talk a little bit about this on your website where, you know, you have to watch that you're getting qualified coach. Uh, but how do you know? I mean, mm-hmm. there are TikTok coaches, there are Instagram coaches, and you don't really know where they they got their training from. So how do you know? Because not many of us haven't done the research to know what the best coaching facilities and training facilities are. Yeah, that's such a great question. And because it's still relatively new and unregulated as an industry, it mm-hmm. is important to do your due diligence when you're hiring a coach. I'm always working with coaches. So I, I know how to look into the background and see, you know, what kind of experience they have, um, you know, the testimonials and talking to the people that they've worked with, you know, is definitely helpful. But um, the ICF, the International Coaches Federation, is is the governing body. And so the first thing I would recommend people do is to just make sure, you know, that the coach that they're working with um, has that credit, uh, accreditation. What do you think makes a, a great coach, like outside of having that accreditation? Oh, great question. I think that coaching, a great coach has the ability to self-manage their own experience and opinions about anything to do with the client's well-being and path out of the coaching session and is able to tap into their own intuition and listen for what the desires, the wants, and the needs of that client are and help them to see that. Can't always be easy to yeah. remove bias. No, right? No, but or I have. Be, or to be judging. Right? Yeah, I actually, it's easier than you would think. I'm, I, I mean, all of us are judgmental, of course. And in my regular life, I find myself, you know, easily falling prey to that. It's, there's something about like when I get my coaching hat on, I'm really, I'm coaching the client. And I'm looking, I'm always looking at like what is the best. Thing, uh, outcome for them and what is it that they need and want and I'm I'm actually able to be very non-judgmental in 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 that time that I spend with them our guest this morning is Lisa Jones owner of spark for life and co-owner of the relationship coaches and we'll take a commercial break Calgary next is powered by Calgary economic development Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges Calgary next is powered by Calgary economic development Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. We're back with Lisa Jones, the co-founder of The Relationship Coaches and owner of Spark for Life. So as a coach, how do you help get someone to that aha moment where they're ready to make a change? So usually people come to me because their life is something to do Screwed. Something in their life is <laughs> screwed, is in, is in turmoil. Things he just cuts to the chase. <laughs> always, yeah. yeah. Things aren't going well, and if you mm-hmm. think about it, 
usually it's our relationships, right? Like mm-hmm. the relationships are really the thing that allows us and provides us the most joy and happiness in life and can also create the most stress, distress, anger, resentment, all of you know the positive and, and negative feelings. And when people's relationships aren't going well, then nothing in their life is going well. And so that's usually when people will reach out. And it's, you know, it could be a relationship with a a colleague, a boss, a sister, a a mother, daughter, you name it, uh, their love relationship. But it's gotten to the point where they feel stuck. They've been trying to do the same things over and over again, getting the same results. And so they're frustrated and wanting change. Mm -hmm. And so they reach out at a time where they know they... Are, are, are thirsty and hungry for that change. And so that's, I'm just like, I grab onto that and I'm like, okay, you have the hunger, you want the transformation. And then it, the rest is easy. Like once they decide that they want things to be different than how they are, then all I'm doing is asking the questions and showing them a few different paths that they could choose Mm-hmm. Uh, and and then helping hold them accountable to those choices along the way. That's, yeah, that's a big that's piece big of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love that's that. That's the biggest challenge, isn't it, to mm-hmm. hold someone accountable? How do you do that? Um, so we set up a structure. Actually, our coaching packages are quite um, unique in that I always tell my clients, I'm going to be all up in your business. So <laughs> it's not just like we meet, you know, once a week and chat and then, you know, set it and forget it for the rest of the time. Like we actually communicate on an app called Voxer in between calls. And so I'm like all day long getting emojis, getting thumbs up, getting accountability um, pieces from my clients all the time. So whatever it is that they have set as a goal for them that week, they're holding themselves accountable, but I'm also holding them accountable. So, so we stay in touch. Yes. Yeah. Got my wrist. If I had to report on a weekly basis <laughs> to someone, <laughs> you never know. You get the right coach. You might look yeah, forward to doing that. So you had Spark for Life since 2012. What brought you to start to, uh, in 2019 the uh, relationship coaches? Oh well, great question. So actually, it was my divorce. So I got divorced in 2018, and I I showed up on the doorstep of my best friend. She helped me through the divorce, and she's also a coach, a certified coach. And at the end of that, we kind of went, I sort of said, what do people do when they don't have a Lindsay? You know, what do people do when they don't have a coach to help them through the end of a marriage? And so we started the relationship coaches actually as a coaching practice to help people amicably end their relationships. But what we noticed when, we st- when people started coming to us is that we learned a few things. One, people don't really want to end their relationships. It's just that they don't know how to stay in them. They don't have the tools. They don't have the resources. And so after saving a few marriages, um, we even had one um, spouse that reproposed to their partner. Mm. We kind of looked at each other and we did, we sort of, we pivoted. We said, you know what? Let's not try and help people get out of their relationships. Let's rebrand and focus on helping people stay in their relationships. So you're a marriage counselor. (laughs) Yeah, really. We are. We are. uh, You could say that. Absolutely. Uh, We prefer marriage coach. Um, (laughs) But again, focusing on the present and the future, you know, we bring that into our coaching with our couples as well. We really help them to get over the past and deal with what we call, we don't call them it baggage. We call it relationship packages. Um, You know, we all bring packages with us into our relationships. (laughs) So yeah, we'll take a look at those, but we really try to help a couple focus on, again, who are you right now as individuals? Who are you as a couple? And who would you like to become as a couple? And, you know, the the sad thing is, is, 
you know, most of us aren't taught what it takes to have a quality relationship. And the other sad thing is most of us wait, I don't know if you've heard this stat before, six years, six years before reaching out for help in a marriage Mm. or in a relationship. And I always think like, imagine if you had like a leak in your roof, would you wait six years? Or the check engine light in your car, would you wait six years? Or a child who was struggling in school, would you wait six years? No. Mm. So why? Is it the shame factor? What, What leads to that? Yeah, I, waiting time. Yeah, it's a that's a great question, and I'm I'm really trying to figure out why people wait so long as well. And probably you know, has I mean, if you have little kids, I mean, there are always distractions too, mm-hmm. right? Or depending on how busy people are at work, and sometimes their focus is on other things other than each other. Yeah, absolutely. Your your partner can sometimes go to the bottom of that priority list, and I think we're also taught. Where, you know, the, the message, the cultural message is that, you know, you're going to marry, you're, you fall in love, you marry someone, and then the rest is just like the happily ever after. Like, mm. we're still kind of taught that, like, you get into a marriage and, and everything's going to be easy. And so I think part of the conversation that we're trying to get people to have is, like, just like working on your house and your other relationships and your car, like, marriage also takes work and it takes maintenance. And, you know, and it can be fun. It doesn't have to be it doesn't have to be dreary and boring. Like you can continue to work on your communication skills and your conflict management skills and getting to know one another Mm -hmm. in a whole new way. But you're right, Tara, it's about making it a priority. How much does it have to do with ego? Oh, yeah, good one. Can we drop the marriage issues? (laughs) (laughs) You've got a great marriage. How many years years now? We are 38 years married and 43 years together. Wow. Yeah. And uh, they are like crazy in love. It's so cute. I went to school because my grandmother divorced in 1927 (laughs) and my parents in 1969. So I didn't find anyone to beat my grandmother yet. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lisa, I want to go to another uh, portion of your resume, which is... um, you, you kind of describe yourself as an optimist and a motivator. Mm-hmm. And um, how do you motivate a team? Do you motivate as, as a team? Do you motivate each individual differently? H- how do you work on that? I, I, I own a, you know, a sales company mm-hmm. and we strive or die on sales. Yeah. And motivation has a lot to do with, that, with sales. How do you create that motivational environment? And, and again, team or individual? So I think it comes down to the why. So motivation comes from your why. Why is it that you're there, that you're showing up at that job every day? Why is it that you want that connection with your partner? Why is it that you want to you know, sell whatever it is that you're selling for that company? It's, it's tapping into purpose. When somebody knows their purpose, then the motivation is easy. Interesting. It is, right? I, I mean, from a leadership perspective, we often tune into that. Like, we want to know their personal purpose and mm-hmm. then see how that aligns with what the company's purpose is, right? Because yeah. it has to work for both, right? Um, one more question for you about... Um, <clears throat> coaching. No, I'm not going down the marriage road. But we often will dole out advice, but then not action that out ourselves. So do you practice what you preach always? Or what have you learned from that? 
Oh, yeah, absolutely. I I have worked with uh, numerous coaches over the years. and that's, So you have coaches as I well. I have coaches, yeah, yeah, both in my personal life as well as um, we have business coaches that we hire as well mm. to help us with the business. So, yeah, I mean, the, the most learning that I've done in my life has been through my work with coaches. So mm. I'm very passionate about what I've learned, and it makes me a better coach, right, to have experienced it. I bring the tools um, and strategies that I learn from my coaches into my coaching with my clients all the time. Our guest this morning was Lisa Jones, owner of Spark for Life and co-owner of the relationship coaches. Thank you, Lisa, for being our guest. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was, it was a, pleasure. a pleasure. And we'll work on our marriages. <laughs> Thanks, Lisa. Calgary Next is powered by Calgary Economic Development. Calgary is the place where bright minds and big ideas come together with an unmatched spirit to help solve global challenges. 